0: And then there was an ice cream truck that came by and, and, you know, they always have that really loud music, you know, so the kids come with their money for their ice cream. Well, and so that was going by as I was trying to, you know, connect from the stage. So that was another (laughs) kind of, okay, this is a first, you know. (laughs)
1: Hello my friends and welcome to episode 123 of the Between You and Me podcast. This is a place where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal and change us in church culture. My name is Jessica Morris, I'm an Australian music journalist and I love having honest conversations with musicians because there's something really sacred and special about finding out what makes them tick, especially when they give us a soundtrack to our lives. Now today's episode is very special because we have a Christian music, I would say a great or an icon on the show and as someone who grew up in the church and sort of loves like old school Christian music and like the nostalgia that brings, this guest makes me really happy. I'm talking about Sherry Keegy. She came onto the Christian music scene in 1994. She's won a Dove Award obviously. Uh, She's her her music is sung across the globe Um, and I had the chance to speak to her because after a period of about seven years Sherry has actually come out with a new album Um, and it's so honest like you don't have to be this honest to the general public but Sherry chooses to do that because In the last decade or so, she's gone through a lot, including a divorce, uh, which as we know in Christian music and in church in general is quite taboo. So to talk about that is extremely brave. Um, She's become a grandma and she also lost her father a few years ago. Now she penned this album around so many of these events and what really stood out for me in this conversation is that Sherry lost her father to suicide and so the grief that she experiences in losing him is so layered and multifaceted. Um, because of that, her music just carries this hope and this pain symbiotically. Now, Sherry is amazing. Her faith in God is so strong. She's clearly, like, worked through so much. She trusts his goodness. So to see her share her story and find her identity in Christ... In that, and like beyond a career, beyond marriage, beyond family, is quite amazing. This is a woman who has worked hard and has really been a trailblazer, I would say, in Christian music and and for women in the, in the evangelical sphere. Now, as you may have guessed from my introduction, we do talk a little bit about suicide and mental health in this episode Now, there are no great details in here at all. Sherry talks around the fact that she received a phone call about her father and then talks about processing that, uh, but there are no details. However, just so you do know, um, I will have a list of resources and find help numbers and stuff at the end of this show if you do feel triggered or if you're concerned about yourself or a friend. Um, I have been there before and there's no shame in asking for help, so please be aware that you can find those details in the show notes and you can also find them at the end of this show so for new friends of the show you're about to hear a bio about sherry Kigi telling you about her amazing career it's the who what when where why all things i love as a journalist then we're going to get straight into this interview and you will hear some tracks from her new album what i know to be true this is sherry Kigi. Sherry Kiggy is a trailblazer and a Christian music stalwart. Since beginning her career in 1994 with the album Child of the Father, which was released on Sparrow Records, she has released nine albums and had no less than nine number one singles, and she's also received a double award for album of the year. But let's roll back to the beginning. Sherry was discovered by Charlie Peacock in the early 90s when she was a worship leader at a small church in Southern California. Peacock would produce her first two albums – as we said, The Acclaimed Child of the Father, and that included tracks like Make My Life an Altar and Little Boy on His Needs, which is actually a song for her son, Cameron. And he also produced her 1996 follow-up, My Faith Will Stay. This earned her a Dove nomination for the Inspirational Album of the Year. And it was only a year later that she released her third solo record, What Matters Most. What a chaotic few years. Now, Sherry's arrival in Christian music came during the golden era of CCM. Names like Michael W. Smith, DC Talk and Amy Grant ruled the genre, yet her storytelling made its mark and she was nominated for New Artist of the Year at the Doves in 1995. With a solid fan base, Sherry's career continued to build as she also grew her family, and with each new album she would pin a song for her children. It was only five years into her career that she released a best-of album of sorts. Well, it was called There Is Joy In The Lord and was actually a collection of her most beloved worship songs. But still, that's something to talk about, right? And Sherry rounded out this era with 2001's Let's Fly. Over this time, she was known for speaking and singing at women's conferences around the country and TV appearances. And her songs, particularly There Is Joy In The Lord and In Remembrance Of Me, are still sung in churches across the world today. Now in this era of the 90s, early 2000s, she also contributed to multiple compilation albums about topics like family, faith, anxiety, wedding songs and revival. Pretty well-rounded Christian artist, you could say. Now in 2006, Sherry closed out this era of her life. It was five years since her last album and she dropped a Best of Sherry Kiki album. Very timely, I would say. Now the following year, she gave us some new music because he first loved us. Then silence followed, and in this time Sherry went through a great personal transition. It culminated in her 2012 album, So I Can Tell, where Sherry opened up about her divorce. It was a bold, courageous move in Christian music, with Sherry sharing her story, and it became clear that she would only release music on her terms when she felt she had a story to tell. In 2015, this occurred again when Sherry self-produced her album, I Am Not My Own, and she was celebrated for alto vocals and maturity. But as far as Sherry was concerned, there may not be another album in the works. 25 years into her career, and she was in a new season. But then Sherry went through a more personal transition in her life. She remarried to her now husband, Stephen, and became a grandmother to two. But her joys were also met with extreme heartbreak and sorrow. Three and a half years ago, she lost her father to suicide, and Sherry found music as a way to process, pray, and heal through this grief and trauma. She named the collection of songs What I Know To Be True, And seven years since her previous album, she offered it to the world earlier this year. What I Know To Be True is co-produced with with guitarist and Grammy Award winner Phil Kiki. And it features songs like Yours To Keep, Coming Down, and naturally also includes a track for her grandchildren. What I Know To Be True was a collection of vulnerable folk-inspired tracks chronicling the pain and steadfast hope Sherry has experienced through this last chaotic season of her life. I spoke to Sherry Keege about what has changed in her 30-year career, how grieving her father opened up layers of grief that she's discovered in therapy, and why she believes more than ever in the goodness of God. It is my absolute honour to introduce you all and welcome Sherry Kigi into the Between You and Me family. Meet Sherry. Sherry Kigi, welcome to Between You and Me. It's lovely to visually meet you. You too, girlfriend. <laughs> can I ask who is Sherry Kagey in 2022?
0: Wow, she is altogether different than when she started out with her first album back in 1994. I can tell you that much. Um, Sherry is more is more surrendered, more settled in my faith, in my anchor in Christ. Um, my heart is bigger for the lost and hurting um, because of my own, uh, you know, brokenness that I've experienced along the way. Um, I am, I am more sold out to Jesus than ever before. My life is not my own. Sherry is not her own in 2022. Uh, My life is the Lord's and um, that directs or dictates everything that I do
1: there is a lot there I love that I love that what I know to be true is your new album this is your first album in seven years or so so what prompted you to make this and release this after such a period of time Um, I love that
0: it's the, it was a long time to wait to release new music, but now as I see, okay, wow, that was actually seven years. I love the number seven. It's the, the, it's, it's a significant number in scripture and it's completion and perfection and all of that. And, uh, so who knows what all that means, but you know, it really was a lot of life events, um, one after another that got me to the place of having a body of songs uh, that I felt could contribute something to the world, you know, and um, specifically, uh, more recently, the passing of my dad, uh, I processed a lot of my grief through my songwriting, which then became the impetus to to release new music it was like okay I had these songs and God wasn't letting me off the hook to not share them in some way so um I had to really push through I had to fight hard for this record with my own self and emotions because I had to push through and work through a lot of grief uh to and and do some healing to be able to then move forward with the logistics and, uh, of recording and all of that. Um, but you know, God has been really f- faithful in that journey and I can, I can lay my head down on my pillow at night knowing that I have done what he has required of me.
1: <laughs> this is actually off my script, but you talk about the grief you had to process. Was, was that not just, but was that the grief of losing your dad or was that grief about other things as well? Uh well, years prior, you know, I
0: released an album in 2012 called "So I Can Tell," which came on the heels of a very painful divorce. I was married initially um, to my high school sweetheart for 22 years and have two um, adult children, and and yet that marriage ended in divorce. Um, and I processed, as always, a lot of my pain through my songwriting. And some of that is captured on that record from 2012. Um, and then uh, uh, in 2015, there was a next chapter of just uh, in the album, No Longer My Own, released in 2015. But, you know, there are, even though God has done so much healing in my life from from, the, from that past hurt, um, there is always layers of grief. And even in counseling, when I, um, after about a year or so into uh, the grief of losing dad unexpectedly, and we can talk about that, because um, my dad actually ended up taking his own life, um, which is, you know, an added, you know, complication to the grief. But even as I went into to counseling about that, I worked through um, this grief recovery handbook, um, I don't have it here on my desk, but um, where you write, you, you create these relationship graphs about wh- whatever the loss was, whether it's divorce or or um, uh, passing a lo- of a loved one or loss of a job or something, various losses. And so in that, I did ended up doing a um, relationship graph both for my uh, ex-husband and for my dad. So even though I had done a lot of healing work with the Lord from the divorce it was like it seemed it, it just kind of flowed together somehow uh, those two things and so I just got another level of healing going through that process as the Lord is so faithful to do.
2: been so hard
1: for sharing that. That is, sorry, there, there are no words. I'm amazed at how you've journeyed through that. I know there's nearly no choice, but I'm amazed how you've journeyed through that. I read a lot of books in, in um, trying to
0: give the Lord access to my heart after losing dad in such a an awful way. Um, and one of the books I read, they said that every suicide survivor is looking for their life to feel normal normal again after a life event that is so abnormal. You know, what, you, what do you do? And oh, I praise God that my dad um, was a believer was slash is because we're eternal beings, right? A believer. Um, and that we share, we had a close relationship, a very caring relationship. I always know, I always knew, um, dad loved and supported me and, um, so there, there were so many pluses there that, you know, I had the security and foundation of a the love of a father and a mother, you know, in my family of origin. Um, and yet he made this choice that rocked my world. And even though I would say I've walked closely with God through life's joys and sorrows, um, and that, that didn't change once that event happened, but it put me into um, a, a season of grief that I could not control. You know, I think so many times when we have losses in life, we we look for a scripture to, you know, tether ourselves to, to pull our bootstraps up. And and many times throughout my life, I had clung to the scriptures and the promises of God. And God's word was always such a comfort and a guide to me. And yet there wasn't a magic Verse that I could slap on it. It was like God was, I think, showing me that I simply had to rest, continue to give him access to my heart. um, But I had to just rest in not thinking I could control the the outcome or the duration of the grief that I had enough of a track record with him and his faithfulness to me that I, I knew that he was holding me and that I could just let him, let myself be held by him, not knowing how long it would take, not knowing, because I was asking those questions: Will I record music again? You know, I feel like I'm, I'm, um, I'm half of myself now. You know, in this fog of grief. Um, but the Lord, the Lord held me in that place and um, and brought me along and taught me in it. There's something that. Um, Really interesting that happens when you're lamenting uh, before the Lord. Your heart is so contrite, you know. Um, and there's an interesting verse in Ecclesiastes that says, "The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning." And so, you know, that could be mourning over our sin, you know, and 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 we're coming to the Lord in repentance, um, or it could be mourning as I was the loss of my father. Um, But it just like brings you to your knees and puts you in such a place of surrender that you have, like, I think you said at the beginning, you have no choice but to fall at the feet of Jesus and trust in his grace sufficient to hold you there, you know? So that's kind of what I've experienced through this process.
1: Yes. Where in that process, knowing it's not linear, did the creation of music start coming?
0: Yes. um, Well, I, when I got the call from my sister, I live in Tennessee, and my sister at the time was living in California, uh, where my folks were, and uh, she called to tell me the news. And uh, that night, the scripture that came to mind that was such a comfort to me, it just sort of came back up, I think, by the Holy Spirit's prompting, um, was Psalm 116, 15, that says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And so, uh, the Lord just brought that to mind, and it comforted me, and I kept just repeating it, you know, and it was sort of a mystery. Okay, okay my dad is a saint. Is it possible that this horrific thing that that somehow there's this at the same time that the Lord is receiving uh, a, the blessing of receiving his good son, you know, <laughs> and um, because precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. And so, Lord, is this somehow this is precious to you? Not not in the way that dad died, you know, but that you're now he's he's meeting you in his eternal home. And there's a song on the album called Destination Home. You know, uh, it was like, okay, we're all on this journey toward our eternal home with Christ. And it's just like my dad got there a little, little sooner than I thought. <laughs> so the answer, circle back to your question. So that verse then later made its way into a song that I wrote and sang at his memorial service or his celebration of life. And, um, and then that was recorded on the record. It's called, It Hurts to Say Goodbye to You. But I bring in that scripture verse. And um, so it's, it's like, it's a song about, yeah, it hurts to say goodbye to you, but it's all framed around all this hope that we have in the promise of eternal life. And that I'll see, it's a temporary goodbye. You know, we're, um, yes, he's my father, I'm his daughter. But um, first and foremost, you might say, positionally, Um, we are brother and sister in Christ. And so I know that I'll see dad again. It's all good, you know?
2: (laughs) Who will light the candles? Speak the words of hope. Who will read the scriptures? Remind me Say goodbye to you Who will bring the flowers Fragrant lily white Who will share the memories Of a great imperfect life Now made new Cause it hurts to say goodbye The sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. If you're leaving us, somehow brings joy to the Lord. Then I ask
1: myself, how can I complain? Through all this, what do you know to be true of yourself and of God? Um,
0: that there's that there's really not a lot in this world that matters, apart from God, our relationship with Him, and our relationship with others, and you know how we love God and how we love others. Um, and when your world is rocked, in whatever kind of way it's rocked. You, what is what do you do during that time? You need to be reminded and you need to rehearse what you know to be true because there may be a lot of unknowns affecting your world, unknowns about your future. And that can be, especially for women, we really thrive on security, you know? <laughs> um, and so want it, when you get to the place where you know you can only place your security in Christ and He alone, um, then you've I, not arrived, but you, you've come to the place that he wants you because he wants us to put all our eggs in his basket, you know, <laughs> not, not in a career or, or a retirement plan or a relationship or, you know, uh, you, you name it. Um, it, it our security is. In, and so, so I guess what I know to be to, true is that I have my anchor rightly placed in the Lord, you know, and there's a song on the album called "False Anchors." Where I talk about, you know, some of the things that we do sort of tend to turn to or rely on for for uh, a feeling of safety or comfort or whatever, um, but but many of those things are temporal. And uh, the sooner we <laughs> we learn to put our place our trust in the true anchor of Christ, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, from Hebrews six nineteen. Then um, we're good you know and and then we're um, you know we have something to offer the world who is looking for answers it's looking for something a stake to put you know in the ground i'm going i'm putting my stake in the ground um, in 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 Christ Jesus uh, knowing he this is a this is a, a love that will never leave nor forsake
1: has there ever been a time particularly in this season, where you've doubted the goodness of God? Or have you always known that from your previous experience with him that it was set?
0: Um, I, I wouldn't yeah, I think at this stage of, the, after this happened with Dad, I don't think I ever questioned the goodness of God. I had to work through a little bit of anger. Uh, that wasn't the place where I lived, but um, anger at Dad's choice, you know, Um, even though I know knew how much he loved us and, and, uh, and in my reading and learning about suicide, I mean, it, it talks about how most people are not looking to cause pain to others. They're looking to end their own pain. And, um, and I think my, my dad was facing some health, some unknown health challenges that that hadn't quite yet been determined what those ramifications would be on him. And he was such a world traveler and such an outdoorsman. And, um, I think he that may have played into it that he was um, gra- grappling with that. We don't t- totally know where his headspace was, um, but what he didn't realize is that by ending his own pain, he was magnifying it exponentially on onto all of us who who loved him. You know, um, so there was um, there was some anger that I had to work through. But I wasn't ever questioning the goodness of God. I will say that in my life over the whole. Um, in wilderness seasons, you are you are looking to hear the voice of God. You, you know, you're crying out in the wilderness and you don't always hear the voice of God in the way that you want or in the time frame that you want quick enough, you know. Um, many times, see, he's he's working on a bigger purpose, you know, when we're in those wilderness seasons, he's looking in fact to create in our hearts, a dependency on him, you know, (laughs) that we have to keep coming to him for the answers and for the promises and for the, um, assurances. Um, the, uh, because he seems to be silent, you know, it's, we're, we're forced to remain on our knees in a state of dependency, you know, (laughs) and, um, and he whispers to us gently. The scripture talks about um, that, how he whispers to us in the in the wilderness, and it's then what, that we get to know him in a deeper way, you know.
2: When
1: you Is there any risk sharing music this honest with the world, with the wider church? Not to say your previous music hasn't been honest, you've shared so much, but, but opening up about losing someone to suicide and your grief and that puts you in a really vulnerable position, I imagine.
0: Sure. Um, And so the question being, is there any risk in sharing that? I suppose there's the risk of, you know, of facing someone's judgment or or shame or feeling ashamed or, um, you know, but I, I circle back to like the title of that record that released in 2015. I am no longer my own, you know, so it's it's not. It no longer becomes about, well, how is this going to affect me or my family or um, what are people going to think? We're somehow broken, you know, some, and and in, in some unfixable kind of way. Um it, it no longer matters about all of that because what I'm doing is I'm I'm saying, Lord, I'll I'll put all of that aside, all the possibility of judgment and aside to be able to share how you met me in my brokenness. So then the you know the, the light can go back on him and go, you know what, whatever your brokenness is, whether it be suicide has touched your family or divorce or other things, illness, um, you um, Christ can be your hope as well, you know? <laughs> so I'm saying he is near to the brokenhearted. Here's how he's been near to me, and here's how he can be near to you.
1: <laughs> What's the most challenging part of caring for your emotional and spiritual health uh, when you're releasing music to the world, whether it's thinking now or even over the whole of your music career?
0: You know, that's so good. I think I've learned uh, the importance for, for for any of us as believers the importance of um staying tethered to our source and like i'm a i'm a huge fan of god's word and i've been you know lots of bible studies through the years and i just love his word and um it has been such a an anchor for me and so uh to tent in order you know to it becomes important to continue to tend to our own souls to stay attached to the source um, so that we have some fruit to offer the world, that, that our fruit is savory or sweet or whatever it needs to be, or maybe bitter, you know, <laughs> if, if sometimes God God's word brings conviction, you know. Um, <clears throat> so I think if that answers the question, yeah, just tending to my own soul so that I have um, – something of substance to share with the world who who needs substance quite frankly you know aren't we just so sometimes so on the surface and people you know people are people have deep seated need you know there's a god-shaped hole inside our hearts um and so if i um if I continue to commune with God and abide in Him, uh, then I can be, you know, His branch kind of thing, and hopefully maybe be a branch to someone else.
2: You didn't have to do that to go and take your life. I shouldn't have ever had to take that phone call in the night. I know that things got scary. It's hard to lose control. But that's the time to let go and take hold. We're just passing through in our foreign land. And our hearts were made for someone.
1: me about any particular tracks in the album that really stand out to you today I wouldn't say favorite but maybe today they're like the ones that really are close to your heart if you can choose a handful
0: oh sure and uh yeah I have the the little cd here ta-da! because on the back it has the titles and I thought oh I might need a quick reference you know um that's a great great question of course you know every song is near and dear you know I have to say that after that divorce, the Lord did bring a new husband to me. Um, And so I am married now. And um, we have a song that we worked on together um, called restoration song that we actually sang at our wedding. Now, my husband is not a singer. He's a carpenter and does home remodel and such. And, um, but it was just, it didn't matter. It was just like, this is sweet. This is, um, this is our story. This is a story of restoration. A story of second chances. And, um, so that's one restoration song. Uh, there is also in this season, I haven't touched on, um, I am a grandma. And so there's a sweet song where's in albums of yesteryear, I had written songs for each of my children and a little boy on his knees. Um, these are songs that you know, some of some of your um, listeners who have tracked with me for a number of years might remember, right? Well, now I'm a grandma, and so there's a song for um, you know my grandson, and really for my expectant daughter as she was uh, expecting her first child. Now has two boys um, that are joy of our hearts. Um,
1: let's see, they're all beautiful. I love that. It's like a it's like a time capsule for your family as well. It
0: is. And, you know, as I thought about, you know, what to call this record, I had the prompting um, some time ago to call it what I know to be true. And I just sort of hung on to that. Plus, it comes from a lyric, remind me what I know to be true. But um, because, you know, when I lost dad, I needed to be reminded what I know to be true. But you could say that this is an album of seasons, too, because, there, I mean, there's a song for the joy of a, of a new baby, that birth. There's a song for a funeral. There's a song for a wedding. There's all these kind of milestone events in life. I got, it, got you covered, <laughs> as it turns out. Um, but <clears throat> let's see. I don't know if I've quite, you know, answered your question, but um, Hold On Till Harvest is a real sweet um, song I think that applies to us because uh, in this age in our world uh, there's so much uncertainty it seems and uh, and yet as believers we have the hope of Christ that you know we're, we're holding on till the, the harvest comes a harvest of souls you know um, and we're trying to serve the Lord in our various callings with our various giftings. Um, and that at times can be hard and not without opposition. I mean, at times uh, there can, it can be at great cost for believers, you know? Um, uh, and yet we have this, this prize that's worth fighting for. That's, you know, worth holding on onto. Um, and it is uh, the reward of Christ you know that we have in him not just the gift of ever- everlasting life but the gift of salvation and the gift of, of himself you know as a save as a not only savior but friend you know um so yeah
2: this is our restoration song Sing it when we're weak and when we're strong
1: So, number one, what is the funniest moment you've ever had during a performance? Ah, <laughs> um,
0: well, I don't know if this was funny as a, as as much as a, it was funny. Now looking back on it, but maybe quite a, a little bit alarming at the time. So, I was singing at this church in Illinois, and. They had a spotlight like uh, and a balcony like shining down on me uh, and on the platform, and it somehow must have gotten too hot or I don't know exactly why or how, but it um, started to smoke and then the fire alarm of the church went off during the concert, and then the fire engine was coming and all of this, and so that was a very unexpected occurrence and uh everything was fine nobody was hurt but it was um quite a memorable event I'd say (laughs) that's a good answer terrifying at the time but very good (laughs) I haven't heard that before oh me neither and this was a church that I've sung at many times they just have had me back through through the years all these years and so you know everyone was super gracious And um, we we um, can laugh about it now, you know, but (laughs) (laughs) that was one. There's another one I think of where it was an outdoor event. Can't remember where, but I was singing in an outside stage and it was sort of like in the park, kind of all family kind of event daytime. And then there was an ice cream truck that came by. And, and, you know, they always have that really loud music, you know, so the kids come with their money for their ice cream. Well, and so that was going by as I was trying to, you know, connect from the stage. So that was another <laughs> kind of, okay, this is a first, you know.
1: <laughs> have a really so. meaningful deep moment. And it's the ice cream we're <laughs> um, If you could record an album in any genre that you've never covered, what would it be?
0: Well, you know, on this album, there's quite a, quite a mix. I I, I sort of tend, I lean towards I like this sort of a little bit folksy stuff, the singer songwriter thing, and I think we capture a little bit of that. There's an organicness to it, um, and so I don't know, like if there was if there's something different, I would I would like to do a different genre. I will say, you know. I've not yet done a Christmas album. I've done a Christmas song, What Child Is This? that went on an album um, with various other artists, but I've not yet done like a whole collection of Christmas songs, so that could be interesting. That's a Christian music rite
1: of passage. That's awesome. I will back this 100%. Oh, I love it.
0: Well, yeah, no, yeah. So we'll see, you know, part of me has wondered, Lord, would would this be my last record? I don't know. You know, sometimes we don't know five years down the road, we just know the next step. And in this case, um, <clears throat> I knew the next step was recording and releasing this music. Beyond that, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is this is faithfulness. This album,
0: yeah, yes. And um, we can trust God to unfold His plan, you know, and we don't always need to have the 10 year plan. I mean, m- maybe some would say that's irresponsible or whatever. Um, but um, all I know is that the, the God adventure is the greatest adventure of all time, you know, being, um, <clears throat> being on the God adventure and wherever and however he leads us um, to walk in obedience and to trust him to fill all of our weaknesses and all of our insufficiencies, our inadequacies. Believe me, with this record, I felt so inadequate um, and yet. I knew that my God is all adequate, you know, <laughs> and that He would fill all my gaps. And like, there's a song, kind of an upbeat tune called "Take My Little Make It Much." I was like, "That's I, I think all we're required to do," you know, take take this offering, Lord, now and multiply it in Your miraculous way, you know. And He He just He doesn't He just wants uh, us to be available and um to be ready when he leads us into some exciting adventure whatever that is um but also to be um steadfast and faithful in the in the everyday not so extraordinary adventures of life you know
1: <laughs> as someone whose 10 year plan has definitely not worked out i if i'm able to i resonate with that and i appreciate that and so much of what you've shared with me it's such a Uh, a settling and grounding reminder that God is in control and that he works all things for good.
0: Yes. Amen. That's exactly right. And you're blessing me now
1: too. You know, we serve a good guy. That's really good. My last question for you, if you could go back to 1994, the day that you released your first album, what would you tell yourself knowing what you know now?
0: Hmm. That makes me emotional when you ask me that. Um, I would say, um, you know, I would say to her, Sherry, there's going to be some really hard things coming your way. Um, but I am worth it. You know, I'm speaking of the Lord. <clears throat> I am worth it. Um, I, am, I am your treasure. Um, I will be with you. You know, and he has, I I wasn't expecting to get like emotional that way, (laughs) but wow, what a great question. What I would say to her, I would assure her that God is good and that um, when those hard things come that, um, you know, he's going to meet you. um, He's going to teach you. He's going to instruct you. um, He's going to admonish you. He's going to. Um, bring you to your knees yet um and 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 give you the richness of himself you know the inheritance of the richness of christ himself
2: ¡Mamá, all our living can behold just when you think you've seen it all and done it, all and dreamed it all,
1: more. what an incredible woman there's just so much depth there and maturity it reminds me of when I spoke uh, to Crystal Lewis there is like a lifetime of experience and hope and pain and perseverance there that for me as, like, a 32-year-old woman, uh, sort of at the start of my career in ways, is so incredible. Like, I, I have such a sense that one of the only reasons I can do what I can do is because people like Sherry have forged the way she has in, I would say, in, like, this really gracious, strong way by just sharing her story, like, demanded that it be heard. And I say that in the most respectful way possible because... Traditionally, in evangelical culture and Christian music, like f- females are only allowed to talk about certain things, right? But Sherry has just persevered. She shared what is true to her, and she's chosen to do it on her terms, much like Crystal Lewis. I have so much respect for that, and am also also awed by her utter faith in God and His goodness. She knows His word back the front. She she believes in it without question. But that's because she's done so much work and wrestling, and that's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. You can tell when someone has has done that work; they just know it. She just knows God so well, and that's just incredible. Sherry, I want to say thank you for being honest and vulnerable and obedient, um, sharing your story in this album. Thank you also for choosing to share it with the world because, yes, while it might be an act of obedience to God, you didn't have to do this. And none of us, um, well, we, none of us have the privilege of being privy to these personal things in your life, and yet you're so, so generously sharing it with us to give us hope. So thank you so much. My friends, if you would like to connect with Sherry Kegi, please do. It would make her day. Go and connect with her on Instagram at Sherry Kegi Official. That is C-H-E-R-I-K-E-A-G-G-Y Official. Or find her online at SherryKegi.com. And her album, What I Know To Be True, is out on all good streaming platforms. Now, I know we talked about some heavy topics during this episode. So if you would like to chat about that with someone if you've got questions or concerns about your health or about someone else um, please reach out as someone who who lives with mental illness um, and has gone through thoughts of suicide in the past I know that sometimes hearing these things can be difficult or a little bit confronting um, and I would love you to be heard and be seen. So for starters, if you're in the US, you can call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Look, you don't have to be in crisis, but this is a great place to go if you just need to talk and have a safe place. In the United States, all you have to do is dial 988 and you can talk to someone about what you're feeling and honestly just get through this moment. I know how important that is. You can also visit them, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline online if you would prefer like to do a text situation um, or talk to someone online if you're like me and hate talking on the phone. Um, If you're in Australia, we have Lifeline in Australia on 13 11 14. Please call them. They are available 24 hours a day. Now, if you live elsewhere in the world, I know we have listeners from everywhere, or you don't feel comfortable with either of those strategies, please go and visit our friends at To Write Love on Her Arms. Um, They have an amazing find help page that has phone numbers, uh, text lines, resources, services to quite a few different countries and places, and also more localized places in the United States. So you can find them online at twloha.com. That is T W L oha.com forward slash find dash help or literally just go to toloha.com click the top right corner of their page it will give you all the links that you need and even if you don't need it you may have like a friend who needs it or that you're concerned about just book book note just just bookmark that. It can be really useful, I know, um, living in community. We just need to give our friends help sometimes, and sometimes we're not able to give that to them in the way that they need. So this is a good first step in healing and recovery and finding hope. And I would say Jesus is part of all of that. Absolutely. Thank you, my friends, for listening to this epic conversation with Sherry Kiki today. What a privilege. I just have, like, the best job in the world. It's just so good. Um, next week... We have another episode with you, and this time we're going to like the opposite end of the Christian music spectrum because Sherry Kiki has been around since the golden era, right? Well, now I've got a new upcoming artist who has just moved to Nashville. His name is Sean B., and he actually started as a kids' pastor and is now releasing music, not for kids, like a, a you know, adult people. <laughs> um, and we have a fun conversation about why he's now making music, um, what it means to, you know, grow up in the church, to stay in the church, but actually like own your faith. And we swap. Uh, we stop stories about VeggieTales and symbiotically fangirl or fanboy about VeggieTales because that's a big deal for me. So that's all I have for this week. Uh, If you haven't subscribed, make sure that you subscribe on your podcast platform and consider giving us a rating. And as soon as next week's episode drops, you will receive it. That's all I have. Uh, If you'd like to connect with us online, go for it. We are at Between You Me Pod on Instagram and on Facebook. And you can find us online at betweenyouandmepod.com. Find all our previous episodes there as well as links to merch and all that fun stuff. That is all I have for you. My name is Jessica Morris. I'll see you next week. Here's to hope.
3: spend my breathing room, the place that I can rest the quiet stream beside my feet the peace that never ends my heart has found its meadow I could I be more grateful every time I take a break.